You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week here on the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only. Don't be a hater. If you hate the show, then don't listen to the show. Or if you hate the show, then hate listen, but don't give me one stars. Be cool about it, all right, guys? We're all here to have a good time. You can also follow the show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter every single Friday. We do the weekly Friday mailbag, so make sure to at me or DM me on Twitter with your Carolina Panther questions this Friday. So go ahead and get those into me right now, and I will answer them. Even if they are ridiculous, it doesn't matter. There's no bad question, as they taught you back in grade school, which is a lie, but there are plenty of good questions that you guys ask me, and really, all I do is I get like 98% great questions, so I'm very happy to have you guys able to participate throughout the week, every single week on Fridays here on Locked on Panthers. On today's show, it's Wednesday, which means I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to talk to somebody about this team, because I've said everything I need to say over the last couple of days, and this week we're going to have Nick Carboni, the sports director at WCNC Charlotte. He's been on the show before this past summer. We're going to get his thoughts on Cam Newton being back here in Carolina, and just in case you you know, somehow forgot and didn't hear this, Cam Newton's back here in Carolina. The Carolina Panthers are back to 500. The playoffs are in sight. Going to talk to him about that, Ron Rivera's return, and all things as they pertain to this wacky, crazy organization and all the news that's happened over the last week or so. But before then, quick update in terms of the Carolina Panthers roster. Uh, I don't think this is very surprising at all, but Joe Charlton, who went on IR a couple weeks ago with a back injury, he was then play, he was placed on the designated to return list from IR. He has been waived by the Carolina Panthers as they signed Lachlan Edwards to the active roster last week as their punter in three games. Edwards has averaged 48 and a half yards per punt with two of his 11 attempts pinned inside the 20 and a net average of 40.6, which was better than what Joe Charlton did earlier this season as he only averaged 39.1 yards per, ten, per attempt and 37, 37.5 yards net this season, down from 46.3 and 40.8 last year's rookie season with the Carolina Panthers. So Joe Charlton, we hardly knew you. We'll miss you. Goodbye. The Carolina Panthers have also made a change to the practice squad. They've released defensive end Trayvon Hester, and they've signed a guy named Josh Avery, who played at SEMO. Southern or Southeastern Missouri some spent some time to Packers previously. So those are the two major news updates coming out of the Carolina Panthers on a Tuesday afternoon. So not really much going on there with the team being off on Tuesday, but we'll see Cam Newton will be having, will be receiving rather the majority of snaps with the first team on Wednesday and on Thursday and throughout the rest of the week as he prepares to start on Sunday, even if Matt rule is not ready to say that. So in the meantime, we're going to shift gears here and talk to Nick Carboni of WCNC, the sports director there, the NBC Charlotte affiliate. But right after this message from our friends over at Get Upside. Hey, Panther fans, 
He already know it's Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Using promo code TOUCHDOWN, you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right. As promised, Nick Carboni, sports director over at WCNC locally here in the great Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. Nick, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? It's, um, it's been a while been two days since we last spoke but two whole and then, days and i think we did i think we did one on thursday too and cam you know the the cam stuff it just uh you know you gotta you gotta keep talking about it yeah it's, quite honestly it's, just, it's it's such a it, it's like all of a sudden the panthers are on national television again and national talk radio it's uh we've been talking about them the whole time just hasn't been as much to discuss no it's actually fun to talk about now after the last month and a half was not very fun. And the folks who listen to the show here know my emotions as we went through just god-awful offense quarterback by Sam Darnold, who's now an IR and likely done for the season, whether he's healthy or not, in a couple of weeks. And it's unfortunate things didn't work out for him, but there is a return now of Cam Newton, and there's a brand-new feel around this team. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean – We've seen enough football, and, and people listening to this, even even just fans, have seen enough football to realize what a a change in quarterback can do. Now, normally you see it kind of in the midst. You can see it in a high school game, a college game even, where a different quarterback with a different energy trots into the huddle and, and kind of changes the trajectory of a drive or you know even, even a game. But Cam Newton is the type of quarterback, without, without really seeing what he's going to be at 32 years old as a full-time starter yet, who can enter a building, enter a franchise in a situation and just tangibly impact everything around him while only touching the football seven or eight times. Uh, it, it was pretty incredible. And I, I point to two moments from last Sunday, one of them when he first scored and everybody obviously and, and understandably talks about the reaction that Cam had ripping his helmet off and screaming on back. But upon further review of it, watching Christian McCaffrey, who's normally stoic, yes, just kind of, yes. it, it looked like he was just like, just exercising all of the bad out of his body in that one moment, you know, not, not him being bad, obviously, but just the things that he's had to deal with here and, and the franchises had to deal with here over the last year and, and even beyond. Uh, and then the other moment I point to was, and it was funny at first, it just kind of looked goofy because I think anything Robbie Anderson does looks goofy. But him and Cam in the post-game presser, where Robbie Anderson is like legitimately looking at Cam like he's an older brother figure or a mentor, and juxtapose that with eight or seven days prior how he was looking at Sam Darnold, uh, just kind of shows you what 
Cam Newton's presence means to a lot of a lot of players on this team who, like McCaffrey, were were there with him, or even like Anderson, who watched him from afar and now get to kind of enjoy the ride. Yeah, I love that you brought those two situations up because you're right. Him and Robbie doing the selfie at the end there where they kind of just walked away. Like, I don't even feel like Robbie was done answering the question. Cam just like, yeah, we're out of here. Well, Cam knows how to end his own press conferences in a good way now. He did that in the only two times he talked last week, Thursday when – or Friday when we first talked to him after he signed, he kind of did the whole, without further ado, keep pounding and walked off. Uh, that was not like there was no like okay this is the last question type of <laughs> type of feel. Uh, he just kind of ended it and then uh, that there was there was no like hey last question so and so. I mean it was just this is it. Uh, we're come on with me, Robbie. You don't have, we don't you don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> You're with me now. <laughs> right, exactly. It's so funny to see. I remember like on Friday. Like they said, three more questions, and Cam's like, really? Like, I've already been here wasting enough time talking to you guys and just saying hello and getting reacquainted with the Scott Fowlers, the Dave Newtons, and the Joe Persons of the world, those who he says are kind of on the fence, as he's told to his former teammate, Carolina Panther, (laughs) Colin Cole. So it's just funny to have him back in his personality, whether – you were ever a big cam fan or not. And I just say that broadly you as whoever's listening to this show, like there's, I just don't see how you can't love the energy that he brings and talk about Christian McCaffrey. Cause I caught that too. And I'm glad you mentioned that he was jacked up and you do not see Christian um, emanate that kind of emotion ever. Even at the press conference when he plays, he just is not that kind of guy. At least we don't really see that. And to have cam back now, you're seeing that energy across the board from this team, and you're right. I mean, he played nine snaps on Sunday, and just the entire mood and vibe around this team is so different. Now, that's great, but what does he add on the field? Did we get enough from Sunday's matchup to really know what Cam's going to look like here in the next couple of weeks? I don't think you get, you know, a full picture. I mean, he had the one throw on the sprint right option where he did a good job of using his legs and, and the coaching staff. I mean, first of all, let's go back to the package they used. I mean, it was, it was perfect. Just let's go back to what Cam does well and has always done well. We're going to put him in short yardage. We're going to put him near the end zone. And then to have all stars align on those first two drives and Christian McCaffrey step out of bounds inside the three and the two yard line on those first two drives to allow for Cam Newton to get out of the field right away to inject that energy right away. I mean, it was just kind of like, wow. I mean, maybe you saw that he would play in the game. Maybe you saw that he would have a chance in the red zone to score, but to, to have it be immediately and to have them execute it all was great. Now, Throwing the ball, I mean, it was a little bit up and down. I mean, he was a little behind receivers. It uh, looked like on the pass interference, I mean, maybe there's some nuance there that he was putting it up where only DJ could try to get it and, and causing the PI. Um, we definitely just didn't see enough of him throwing the ball to see what that might look like 25 or 30 times a game. But I think regardless, and I throw P.J. Walker into this mix too, we saw what this entire football team could be when there's a quarterback in there that just isn't putting negative plays out there time after time after time. I mean, Sam 
Darnold, uh, you know, the, the metric of EPA, it's basically an efficiency me- metric positively or negatively. I mean, he yeah. was, I mean, beyond one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league, he was below that. And so now you've just put guys in there that can move the ball a little bit. You know, the, the offense has a little bit of inertia and momentum as opposed to just going backwards. Uh, that's what it felt like. And that's what it measured out to be. Uh, metrically also so I think they'll be in better hands with Cam Newton regardless of if he's completing 68 percent of his passes or just like 60. Gonna take a quick pause and more with Nick Carboni of WCNC. Yeah, let's think about this. The whole message throughout the offseason when Matt Rule brought Sam Donald in here was all we need Sam to do is go out there and play his role. And now looking with Cam Newton, and I guess the expectations were maybe a little different, at least how the organization, in terms of how they were thinking about it, they wanted Sam to grow and develop and be the franchise quarterback. At least that's what they hoped. Now with Cam, they want him to come in here and help stabilize that quarterback position and help them get to the playoffs. But it's the same sort of message in a way where they just need to Cam, they just need Cam to come out here and play his role. And that role that we saw on Sunday at the goal line, which was, hey, we know the red zone issues that they've had here under Drew Brady as the offensive coordinator. They seemingly were fixed a little bit with the quarterback run game with Sam Darnold early in the season. Now with Cam Newton out there, who's the best short yardage red zone threat in the NFL, it seems like that problem should be fixed. And in terms of the arm, the timing on the slant route to DJ Moore, that's off. They haven't worked together since, I guess, this summer when DJ was down in Atlanta for – whatever reason he couldn't remember which was, was sooner than I thought you know I thought it was two yeah. years so that was almost encouraging a- absolutely and him and Robbie already have a good connection there as we saw with the touchdown throw which they had worked on on Friday at practice during walkthroughs and just in the press conference where they are already buddy buddy you you talk about the big brother little brother um, deal that they have there and with the long throw the DJ, like, it's actually a great play. Like, if you can throw the ball deep and get a pass interference play, like, I know the New England Patriots that you're familiar with, Nick, they mm-hmm. certainly had a, a long history back when Tom Brady was there of getting that call and helping them win plenty of games. But I'm not salty about that at all. But it's not that big of a deal. We go back to the uh, Thursday night <laughs> Hey, game you want to talk of- about pass interference, <laughs> Patriots, Panthers, I can bring up one call in particular. Uh, involving number 59. But- I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, the I, last- I think that – Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, just going on, and I'll let you respond here, but, like, just think back to, like, his arm. That's the big question mark, really, with Cam Newton. Like, well, how much does he have left in his arm? We got to 2019, that Thursday night game against Tampa Bay, and he had the deep ball early in the first quarter to Curtis Samuel that was, like, underthrown, but it was completed, and everyone's excited. Like, at least he kind of got the ball out there to DJ. So, there's a positive, too, when we're looking at Cam Newton, what he might be able to offer. Yeah, I mean, you go back to last year with New England and that Seattle game, which I think was in, like, week two, Mm -hmm. he was just ripping it. I mean, it was like, whoa, where is this coming from? And then, you know, it was probably a mix of the shoulder and the lack of weapons in New England where that just wasn't there anymore. And and I think a lot of it was him. I mean, he kind of became that running quarterback. Well, now you get him a year removed from that, and you only need him – you know, I, I know they'd love to to take a look at bringing him back next year in some form. You only need him for these last seven games now. And so if he can give you some of that in spots here and there, that's great. I mean, Cam Newton's never been the most accurate quarterback. I thought he adjusted really well to when they brought Norv Turner in, and he got his completion percentage way higher than his career average. But when I think about Cam Newton, I mean, 
I think that a lot of the national narrative when he came back on Thursday was like, oh, you know, some of it, a lot of people were down with it, but some of it, some of the people who criticized it were like, well, he's not Superman anymore. Well, I don't think anybody's expecting that type of performance. I don't think anybody's expecting that first game of his career in Arizona where he's chucking it for over 400 yards. I think Cam Newton kind of reverted to a, a good complimentary football player of a quarterback in terms of just somebody who can just do everything as a team guy while he was still here, but it was still Cam Newton and he was still the Carolina Panthers franchise quarterback. So the expectation was like, well, why can't he still do this? Well, now he comes back. The expectation should be lower for him as a throwing quarterback than it was even when he left. And now they can use him in a variety of ways. Obviously they're going to still use him uh, in the run game, in short yardage, in red zone. And I think he can do enough otherwise to, to complement the rest of this team. And that's a, a defensive-minded, run game-minded, when they can, team. And I think he's perfect for that particular situation. I just think the realistic expectations are, are different than they were even two years ago when they probably should have been. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. Like, when we look at Cam as just a passer, the last two seasons where he's been able to play pretty much the entire season, at least 14 games, going back to 2018 when his shoulder fell apart at the end of the season, and then last year in New England, he's completed over 65% of his passes. 67.9% back in 2018 when after the first eight games of the season, the Panthers were 6-2. and two, There was talks of Super Bowl, Cam being an MVP candidate again. And then last year when he – Based a decent amount of criticism about his passing skills, he completed 65.8% of his passes. So it's not like he hasn't proven over the last couple of years that he can be accurate and work within the framework of the modern offenses that we have in the NFL. So, yeah, it's all about managing expectations of what Cam needs to be. Like, he's not having to carry the Carolina Panthers like he did earlier in his career. He has better weapons than he's ever had before, which drew the ire of a lot of people when he was released at – Teddy Bridgewater's coming in here with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey and Cam never had the opportunity. Now he has that opportunity alongside a great defense on the other side of the ball, which is something that he obviously should be used to from his early parts here in Carolina. One more quick pause, then WCNC's Nick Carboni here on Locked on Panthers. Built Bar is by far the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouthwatering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia this month. This month at Built Bar, this month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from the NBA to college basketball, the NFL, college football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-22 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, and it starts on Sunday at home, homecoming edition with Cam. And I can't imagine they're going to do defensive introductions on Sunday afternoon. I know Matt Rule hasn't <laughs> yet said that Cam's going to be the starter, but he's going to take the majority of the reps. And if he's ready, okay, whatever, dude. People aren't going to that game on Sunday to watch anybody other than Cam Newton play. So he's going to start. And he's your best option at quarterback. Pat on the back. Gold star to P.J. Walker for getting it done on Sunday. But I, he, he didn't bring Cam in for P.J. Walker to start again. I understand Jordan Gross had the sentiment on the post game on the Panthers radio network that they should roll with PJ. Stop it. We're not doing that. We're not rolling with PJ. Cam Newton's going to be a starter on Sunday. And he's going to be the starter the next couple of weeks as long as he stays healthy. But you got Ron Rivera coming up. And then after that, you also have the Miami <clears throat> Dolphins on the road. They're terrible. The bye, then the Falcons, they're terrible. Like this team should be eight and five as long as things go the way they should go. But this has been a team that has yet to be consistent all season long. And that's what Matt Rule said the challenge for them this week is be able to find some sort of consistency. Saying that they're able to do that, potentially, they get to eight and five. Can this team win to the NFC South? Tampa Bay's lost twice in a row now to New Orleans on Sunday against Washington. And New Orleans doesn't have a quarterback right now. I think Trevor Simeon's fine. But it's hard for me to believe that the Saints are actually going to be contenders for the NFC South title. Can the Carolina Panthers – find a way in the last seven weeks of the, of the season to come out of nowhere and win the NFC South. Yeah, and the only reason this is a talking point is because of the Bucks losing to Washington right. and, and things being kind of tight and, and everybody going, well, wait a minute, what's, what's going on with the Bucks? I don't think so. I mean, I, I still think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team to beat in the division. I still think they'll get the Carolina Panthers number, you know, maybe once is enough at the end of the year, most likely. Um, I, I, I just think that the Panthers have a long way to go still before they want to be considered a division contender. I don't think that's this year. If they made, if they went on some sort of heater and won a lot of games beyond the three that we think they're about to win coming up, then maybe it looks like they have a chance at the end of the season. And maybe the Bucks are playing for that on January 9th in Tampa. I don't see that happening. Um, I, I hadn't even given it much thought until the other day I saw it brought up somewhere and I was like, Oh yeah, I guess, you know, like they're, they're technically statistically mathematically close enough. Um, you know, I just think the bucks laid an egg and, and, and nobody's, nobody's a, a dominant force right now. Uh, you know, the Rams went and got whooped by the 49ers. Uh, the, the Rams kind of look like they're, they're on shaky ground a little bit. Uh, the Packers, you know, that maybe they're the, the best team out there right now. I don't know. The Chiefs are obviously standing on shaky ground too. But I think the Bucks will be probably be just fine in the division. But certainly I think that the Panthers could contend for, as you said on, on Sunday night on our show, uh, not just the seven, but the six seed. 
Yeah, and I look at it too at Tampa Bay, and I, I agree with you. I don't think Carolina's there just yet. It's a team that has not really put together consecutive weeks of good football outside of the first couple weeks of the season. And even then, we talk about the third quarter issues and where the offense was just disappearing. So outside of New Orleans game where there was a disappearance and the game against Atlanta the other week and then on Sunday against Arizona on the road, they just have not had that many complete performances. And that's pretty much everybody in the NFL this season. But for Carolina especially, they just have not been that consistent of a football team for folks to believe that now with Cam Newton back, that this team is going to win, which is probably going to need to win 11 games to be able to win a division this year. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I'm not going to necessarily sit here and count it out because I learned my lesson last week to never say never. <laughs> but still, I just I don't think that right now that's the realistic expectation. But I think playoffs absolutely should be. We already talked about the next three weeks. Those have to be must wins if you want to be in the playoffs this season. And then of the final four weeks of the season, Buffalo, Tampa twice, and at New Orleans, that's a tough stretch they got to get at least one of those. You get to nine wins, like that should be a playoff team where you have Philadelphia behind you. I understand that they lost a tiebreaker with them. Same thing with Minnesota. Then San Francisco, maybe they're back in this. They finally looked at the team we were waiting to see all season long on Monday night against the Rams, as you just mentioned there. Seattle has Russ back, and they got a couple winnable games over the next couple of weeks. At this point, I look at it, would it seem like a disappointment if this team's not able to get it done in the next seven weeks and be a playoff team? Absolutely. I mean, given the move to get Cam Newton and to pay, you know, forget about the name, to pay the best quarterback available $6 million, in effect, guaranteed over seven or eight weeks to close the season uh, and to have the, the quote-unquote number two defense, you know, statistically, but certainly just passing the eye test, this defense has, has brought it pretty much every week to have all that in place and a healthy McCaffrey and to bring on Cam Newton and to not make the playoffs will be a disappointment, especially because, you know, I do think eight or nine wins gets it done. And I do think that they should win the next three. Uh, and then you talk about new Orleans having Trevor Simeon. I mean, it's, it's a game in new Orleans. So <laughs> never, never uh, going to try and guarantee anything there. Um, you know, at Buffalo is, is probably going to be awfully tough. Yeah. Um, I think you could maybe get one of the Bucks games, given what we've just seen. And the other thing with the Bucks, and, and probably it looks less and less like it's going to happen, you know, what are they playing for on January 9th? You know, that could come into play too. And the only team that really scares me in terms of a team that could just make a run at this point, and listen, the NFL's just been wildly unpredictable this year especially. Uh, the only team that, that I think below them right now that I'd be like kind of worried about is San Francisco. I don't see any of those other teams just being good enough to be able to put it together over a stretch. Um, and we'll see if the Panthers are at that point too. Yeah, it's, it's tough to see anyone really going on that great of a run. Like Carolina in the next couple of weeks, they have an opportunity. We thought they had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago when they had Minnesota, they had New York with the Giants. They also had um, – the Philadelphia, I mean, yeah, and, yeah. They, and that just didn't, didn't work out. Now, different quarterback now, and you hope Feels that. like a different season. Absolutely. It feels like a different season, so you're hoping that things are going to be different with Cam Newton, but still, we, we need to really see whether Joe Brady's offense can figure it out. I've listened to guys like Chris Sims, who has said that the NFL has figured out Joe Brady's offense. Well, it didn't seem like they figured it out on Sunday against a really good coordinator in Vance Joseph and a really good defensive team in the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll see what it looks like over the next couple of weeks, but I'm in agreement that I believe that this team should be a playoff team, and especially with the infusion of energy that we have now with Cam Newton, that it would just be a tough pill to swallow if they're not able to get things done 
over the next couple of weeks. But it has to start on Sunday against the Washington football team who just came off that win against Tampa, as we mentioned multiple times here on the show today. Ron Rivera, that's the storyline. He's back here. So is Kyle Allen, so, who was the franchise at one point, according to a lot of these folks. Um, never we're going to forgive Panther fans for that. Um, having to listen to that nonsense every day wet back when I was working at WFNZ made me sick. Uh, Taylor Heineke, he's also going to be back. And Joey Sly gets his second revenge game of the season. Kind of your thoughts just on Ron Rivera and the emotions that are probably going to surround that building on Sunday. Because I can't imagine just what the energy is going to be like now that Cam's back, Ron's back, and the Panthers season kind of still feels like it's alive and it's been re-energized, renewed. It's crazy that it's the same game for both guys. Like, yeah. I, like just sitting here thinking about it, it's almost stunning and shocking. Just the way those two guys were married together from the beginning um, and had to depend on each other to either succeed or fail in the NFL. And until last week, they were, they were it in Carolina together. Now Cam is back for a second run. Um, you know, I, I think Ron Rivera should, should get an awfully big ovation. I think he will. Cause I think there's still going to be a lot of Washington fans who previously bought their t- tickets from Panthers fans. Uh, hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully Panthers fans in, in the, in the last, you know, five or six days have stemmed the tide a little bit, but Ron Rivera deserves every, every cheer and clap and ovation that he gets as does Cam in terms of the actual game. I mean, and I think Rivera alluded to this with Mike Florio, like, yeah, I mean, like, kind of got a bag of tricks for cam like you know i, I was paying attention for nine years and, and, and in terms of how to get to this guy um but i just i think the panthers are are clearly the better team i mean until last week we're all wondering what the heck happened and where did washington's <clears throat> supposed juggernaut defense go i mean they they were coming in as possibly the number one defense in the league uh, lose chase young <clears throat> obviously they they force Brady into some early mistakes so they're still a little dangerous but if you looked at the box score at least at halftime last week Bucks Washington the pressure was being generated by the Bucks defense but they were getting whooped they just didn't make any sense so uh, and and there was no pressure really coming from the Washington defense on a Tom Brady who's just making mistakes so I think that you know they, they don't worry me that much and I'm not sure how much last Sunday changed that I just think the Bucks played a really bad game and it kind of let Taylor Heineke run around and do some things which he is apt to do once every four to five games but other than that I think he's a very gettable backup level quarterback that the Panthers defense should execute pretty well against yeah, and here's the thing about Washington, too, for me, as we're getting to close this out soon. Like, losing Chase Young obviously sucks, but he was a major disappointment this season. Their best defensive lineman is Jonathan Allen, the former first-rounder out of Alabama. He's been the most consistent player for them over the last two years. He's fantastic. He'll still be out there on Sunday, and we still need to see what this offensive line looks like. As we talk about consistency, they're going to have to be consistent and do it week to week and be able to go out there and block this front again that has plenty of talent. Montez Sweat's another good one of those guys that can get after this team and maybe make Cam's day difficult. Ron talked about how, you know, he has, like you said, a bag of tricks for Cam Newton. I wonder this, too, and I brought this up on the show yesterday. Ron Rivera and the Washington football team, their season, in a way, is not surprising to me. They asked Ryan Fitzpatrick to be their starting quarterback. 
Fitzmagic, he's fun. Every once in a while, for a couple weeks, we've seen him have those moments. But he's not a starting quarterback in this league. Like, you're never going to win anything with him. And that's who he's hitching his wagon to this season. And when he went down, he then hitched his wagon with Taylor Heineke, another guy who has his moments like we saw on Sunday and in the playoffs last year against the Bucs, same team that they beat uh, a couple days ago. But he's not a starting quarterback. Kyle Allen, also on that roster we saw here in Carolina, not a starting quarterback long-term in the NFL. A guy like Cam Newton, though, was available, and Ron didn't want to bring him in. I can understand that they were married together here in Carolina for those nine years, and he certainly has to have an understanding of the medicals that Cam has, even though the medical staff that he hired here in Carolina and brought to Washington <laughs> is suspect, and I wouldn't trust any of those guys, especially the one who the feds came and knocked down the door for. So I just wonder if Cam Newton might have a bag of tricks up, there, up his sleeve for Ron Rivera too, the guy who didn't give him an opportunity when he was sitting out here on the street over the last couple of weeks and even last year before he got signed by New England in the summer. Yeah, I think Cam Newton is, is and should use that as motivation, uh, whether it was justified or not. But, you know, you mentioned Taylor Heineke winning that playoff game for Ron Rivera. I mean, you'd be surprised what coaches, what coaches will do when they, they trust a quarterback. So obviously he, he had a level of trust in that quarterback. And then I believe the Fitzpatrick injury and then the subsequent you know, not pursuing Cam. Was that before Cam was vaccinated? Because um, I know yeah. that was awfully important to Ron Rivera. And it was before he was he's vaccinated. His team. It was before he was reported to be vaccinated. I don't think right. no, anyone knows exactly when the date was. But, yes, you, you, it, it happened week one. So I, I assume he probably wasn't vaccinated come week one. So maybe those were contributing factors. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here. Know. And, you know. I don't know how much of, like it was like no he can't can't help us because I think anybody who has watched Cam last year and even in training camp could say you know he could help like he may not be the savior but he could help right and, and don't get me wrong and I'm not trying to make this out as like Cam versus Ron because obviously they have a great relationship we saw it earlier this season back when Cam was still a Patriot in the preseason when they played each other and they went and embraced and hugged it out and all that kind of stuff. So they have a great relationship still. And, and Ron knows that he had a large part of his success here in Carolina because of Cam Newton. I remember Herm Edwards always saying in the NFL, you know, when I had success because I had a quarterback, when I didn't, we lost. And Ron has to know that he would not have had those two coach of the years here in the NFL been that Super Bowl if he did not have Cameron Jarrell Newton as his quarterback. And he's now finding that out in Washington just how important it is to have a franchise quarterback as last year they got there because of a terrible division. But this, this year with Dak Prescott back, it's very hard to win that division if you don't have a quarterback, even if the guy that you thought was going to be the starter was available. I just didn't think that was going to be a realistic possibility for this team, even with the defense regressing. So – an exciting, interesting game coming up here on Sunday in Carolina, Bank of America Stadium, 1 o'clock. But I think we might actually be starting to get some primetime games here now that Cam's back. and there's. I was hoping so, yeah. They're, they're, we're in flex territory. Uh, the Bills game doesn't have a set date. There's some storylines there. I mean, if Carolina rolls into that game at 8-5, and five, I mean, that could be big. You yep. know, anything against the Bucks or Saints going forward as well. So I, I, would, I would love to see it. I would love to have Julian Council – on NBC Charlotte immediately after a, a Panthers game. That would, be a, that would be the dream. It would be a dream. I think at the very least that's, that game against the Bucks will probably be on a Saturday night. Uh, sorry, against the Bucks, the Bills will be a Saturday night yep. game. 
and then maybe they can get one of those Tampa games at least flex until four o'clock in the afternoon. Maybe get Troy Aikman and Joe Buck up there since the uh, the NFC East says they're the Dallas Cowboys hometown radio team or TV team. Maybe they, uh, <laughs> the they, flagship. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the division will be over by then, so they can go talk about the other teams in the NFC. And if there's going to be any division race, it's going to be down here in the NFC South. But as you mentioned, folks out there, if you don't know, if you live locally here in Charlotte, I'm on every Sunday night after Sunday Night Football on WCNC, your local NBC affiliate, with the Mr. Nick Carboni, who joined me here on the show today. If you don't live in the area, there's something called the internet and this website called YouTube. You can also find my segment up there. So <laughs> be sure to tune in. Be sure to tune in also to Nick on WCNC throughout the week. And you can hear him on WFNZ for the what countdown to kickoff. Is that the exciting? Um, that is that is correct. Yes, the exciting. The only uh, show with that name. name. Anywhere yes. that covers football. Yeah, never <laughs> heard that one before. But either way, it does a great job with Mac, Chris McClain. Absolute nut job, but I love him. And uh, the other guy named Brett Jensen. So go check those guys out on WFNZ two hours before kickoff. For all of your Panther games, you can listen to them on the radio locally or, you know, on the internet. You, you can find these things very easily. But go follow them on Twitter at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Nick, thanks as always. We've been talking far too often, so I guess I'll – Take a couple of days off. <laughs> Let's and hang it up on Sunday. Sunday. All, right, All right. We'll see what happens, though. You never know. Yes. Well, hopefully, God, please, guys. I, I just <laughs> – they really messed me up with a lot of things I wanted to get done last week by blowing up my Thursday, even though I was happy for my, th- my Thursday to be blown up. I just kind of need more of a calm week this week. Yeah, there's always that moment where it's like, oh, this is bad for my work-life balance, but uh, it's pretty good for business. Fun conversation there with Nick Carboni of WCNC. Nice to do a little role reversal. He typically asks me the questions. Now I'm asking him the questions there. So make sure to check him out on the telly and also on the radio, especially when I'm there with him on the television. So thanks again for listening to the show here, Locked on Panthers. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Odyssey, and all of those places where you can listen to this show and all of the shows here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, for every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. How do you get those to me? You either at me or DM me. And if you have my number, which I don't know how you would have that, you could text me, I guess. Don't get any ideas to try and find my number. Um, in the meantime, Thursday, going to be back for our weekly crossover episode with the folks over at the Locked On Washington football team podcast, David Harrison, I believe I'll be speaking to this week. So excited to talk to him about the homecoming for Cam Newton and one Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron coming back to Bank of America Stadium on Sunday. We'll get into all that. Until then, take care.